The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody, welcome to yet another session here at the Kick Pod Dojo. I am your host slash sensei TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing certain martial arts-based subjects, and highlighting world-renowned martial artists, past, present, and future. All right, so I want before I get on with this episode, as usual, I'd like to mention, of course, um, some things going on in my life or in the world today. Of course, uh, yes. I am, we are like four weeks, I'm four weeks away from my family reunion in um, Las Vegas. Uh, of course, um, I'm going to attend the International Training Conference, and I know I've been getting posts on Facebook saying that people can't wait to go. I mean, definitely, it's going to be fun actually getting to go, getting to travel again. I mean, of course, I just got my, um, yeah, just, um had my flight change and it's like it's all crazy you know i make all these crazy stops and yet of course the trip home i won't be home until like after midnight but you know let's face it you know definitely as long as i don't eat after midnight um i don't turn into a gremlin all right so also another subject i want to kind of bring up um you know you know still we're suffering from the um COVID-19 and of course the pandemic pretty much um, put us out of work and, you know yeah definitely um you know there's people out there no jobs and um, no money and then they're out in the streets you know they're trying to find a way well of course some um, people are still probably getting the unemployment um benefits <clears throat> but yet um I came across um this um musician playing the accordion out in the parking lot of Target and um, of course, I'm in. Go, I go in the store. I get my stuff. I do the usual. And, you know, as I come out, you know, you know how you know how you get this feeling in your heart. Well, definitely in your mind, saying that you don't want to give money to people that are out in the street because you know they're out. Likely, there could be scammers. You know, that's what it says in your mind. But um, you know, sometimes you have to go with your heart. You know, you go with your high, what your heart tells you, and yet, um, you know, when you are like, definitely have a good reputation. You know, for me, um, like like I said, I got nominated for a big award, um, for the ITC, the most inspirational. You no, know, what does it take to be inspirational? You know, does it take to does it take getting like all these trophies and being like a champion? <sighs> No, it's pretty much what you can do with your heart. So really, you know, kind of like your heart tells you that this person needs help. And yet, um, <clears throat> what's for I had like extra dollars in my pocket or in my, you know, my wallet. So why not give it to them? It's not like I was broke. I mean, but yeah, that's what I did. You know, I took, had all the money that I had left in my wallet and gave it to that, um, gentleman that was playing the accordion. Play the accordion in the parking lot. You know, 
that let's face it it's not like he's bothering somebody you know most people that are like out in the street asking for money you know really i don't know if they're going to spend that money on something else or on like drugs you know that's the thing you know honestly that's pretty much everybody's extreme fear you know you got somebody out here like asking for money and yet like for real it's like really like you don't know what their situation is that's just the thing you think you know their situation you think they're a scammer but in all actuality there could be somebody that needs help that really needs to at least get back in their feet the thing that kind of bothers me is like they're out on the street they're asking for money you know and then of course next you know you see them again asking for money i mean it's just really you just want to tell them like really if you know if i give you money i mean i need you to do me a favor get your life together benefit that you know but most people just either don't want to get their life together or they just want to scam well I'm not going to get into that really, but you know, this is a martial arts based subject or martial arts, martial arts based podcast, but certain outside of martial arts subjects kind of get to me and I have to express it. So really, that's just a good act. Like usually that's the person I haven't seen before. Usually somebody I haven't seen before or like they're just out there for one one time that's that's it well just think about it in new york how many times you see people playing on the street and they don't ask for money they just perform you know that's pretty much what can you do for for money i mean instead of asking for it i mean that's the thing you know that's the one thing all right so kind of getting into, let's get let's get to the subject you know i don't want to get too emotional with this but no all right, so yet I make another trip to another blog from um, Jesse Incamp, the Cry Nerds um, website. You know, one one subject that kind of really fits with my what I what, what I like to do. You know, I'm very very big on katas. Right, usually with katas, um, I'm very perspective um, of. When it comes to when it comes to katas, you know, I'm, I can seriously identify from all the katas that I was trained with. If I was to go to a tournament and look, you know, definitely not a lot of people that go to tournaments are like trained in the style I do. You know, they go to a tournament. I go to a tournament. And, you know, I see people do like uh, perform a kata, and then I from there I kind of recognize like the kata like really from from what are the katas that i train in it's like if i see like somebody training like tight tank sudo and um i see them do a similar kata you know it's just like yeah i know that kata but that's but that's different right so definitely here's the thing i'm not known to be picky about doing katas or learning them like some katas I'm not a fan of not a fan of mostly teaching them because it's difficult with terminology you know you, with um when you're teaching a kata to kids you know you want to make sure you have the right terminology that they can understand so they can do it perfectly and, and definitely 
some colors are like either <clears throat> like too, either too long you know that's why usually i like to use the shorter katas you know short to the point you know tradition the traditional basic katas are like short they're to the point usually you got katas that like take up a minute but you know i like to be like less than a minute <clears throat> and you know like to save my energy but you know thinking about it if you're doing a black belt test you know it's it's probably you know you're going to have a lengthy fight when it comes to kata so <clears throat> yeah why not have like a kata that's long and then that's going to really build up well really <clears throat> either take your endurance away or kind of build you up <clears throat> all right but you know never nevertheless katas are the foundations of how we defend ourselves and we just don't learn we just don't learn one you know out of all the katas that out of, out of all the katas that we learn you know one or two pairs of katas are similar so when you really are when you really think about it you know however you know some practitioners that question um how a kata is taught no no there's like some people that really train in katas or really train in martial arts they're they've like rising questions of like why we do this or i don't like doing that i mean really so definitely the article that i came across with um in um Jesse Inkem's blog is talking about the six reasons for a kata change Right, so really, if you don't know who Jesse Incamp is, really, um, look him up. He's on Instagram. Uh, yeah, he's got his own website, uh, The Cry Nerd, and he's think he got YouTube videos. Yeah, so yeah, so really look him up. He's kind of have like a extreme high knowledge of um what martial arts is. You know, really, if you are want to be like a true martial artist, you gotta like go beyond what you know i mean not from what you, your style but going like beyond what you know in general which means going back years ago try to find a history of what karate is really understand why we do this versus what they did years ago <clears throat> all right so the first one he talks about is the person the the person doesn't train enough to learn it correctly you know the main thing i do before teaching a kata is the moves <clears throat> or the techniques involved you know i teach them individually so i mean they the students understand like are like feeling like the stances and um or like the technique at least know how to do the technique properly with um proper stance and then I move on to teaching the set of the kata. You know, usually instead of just changing directions, you know, you're fighting one opponent. Usually with katas, that's you're facing, you're doing multi-directional combat. But in this case, if I'm tra <clears throat> training on a set, you know, I'm not doing the entire kata. You know, I'm having you face one person. I'm doing the same techniques, but you're going, you're going and doing it um, against one opponent. Right, so yeah, definitely the problem with some students is knowing the technique is easy, but second to that, doing the techniques correctly, <clears throat> students don't train enough on on it. 
you know, as a result, it's taught, it's taught incorrectly to other students. You know, definitely, if you've got a black belt who's definitely been trained on the, well, definitely are been training for years, and then all of a sudden, they, like, don't train on the kata enough for them to teach it. You know, it's like their time to teach students. And then all of a sudden, you know, they either forget the kata or don't even train, train enough to at least teach the kata properly. You know, it's always best to really train before you teach a class. So that's what normally what I do, you know, other than, you know, other than like taking class, you know, honestly, I'm at the point where I don't even have the train to test physically anymore. But, you know, I'm at the point where I'm a still an instructor. I'm still an active black belt. You know, I have to at least keep fit. You know, definitely, definitely the worst thing I want to do is <clears throat> teach students the wrong, like the wrong way to do a kata or a wrong way to do a technique. So I want to make sure that they are know what they're doing and understand why they're doing it. You know, this is why I'm not too eager of handing out handing out belts unless I'm genuinely unless I genu genuinely oh, I can't even say that word genuinely see that the student is training properly and earn the right to the next level. All right. So basically, that's the first one. You know, people don't train enough to learn it correctly. And then you got the second one he talks about is the person doesn't understand the underlining nature or principle of the system and changes things to confiscate. confiscate. All right. So likely you're <clears throat> you'll get a student that either trains in another style or is proficient in another style. And yet that student doesn't understand the changes or nature of the style. You are definitely you might get it like a black belt from another style. <clears throat> Say if a black belt from Tank Sudu goes to learn the Chuck Norris system. You know, definitely the person from Chain uh, from Tuck Sudo had to <clears throat> adjust to what we do in the Chuck Norris system, you know. And yet, and yet this, and then that, they don't understand the underlining changes of the style. And then yet, um, they go back to what they know. All right. So this is pretty much also the stem from the lack of training. All right. So basically, basically if that person from Tank Sudo had been training with us for like, say half, uh, like six months. And yet, um, they they still don't understand what our philosophy is. And then they just go back to what they know, try to confiscate that, you know? So the, the one thing that I asked before for my class is who trains at home, who trained at home this week. We have principles, a proper technique as well as, for building character and one is integrity meaning being honest with each other so when i ask who trained and yet you see hands don't go up as fast therefore you know they didn't and 
when you, their performance when they perform in class chances are they'll forget something and either add or replace the technique you now to prevent any um, pausing you know really this is what i mean i'm using all my students about training at home you know if once you learn something in class you know it's your training is your responsible you're responsible for your training so therefore if i ask the question in class or if i go over it in class i mean you're prepared I mean, you don't train just to know your techniques. You're training to prepare for class and to move forward. You know, definitely with kids, it's difficult because, you know, their main mindset is that I don't want to train. I want to play, you know. But when one thing is, that's the thing that's really taking kids away from actually learning and really moving forward in that learning is the fact that technology is taking over. You know, you got the tablets, you got the phones, you got the i iPads, what, and you got um, you got the PlayStation Five, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. You know, I don't, I don't have nothing against playing video games. You know, I'm a I'm more of a classic gamer. You know, definitely I don't own a PlayStation Five or an Xbox yet, but you know, I'm more more i'm more mature nowadays you know i want to be more focused on like moving forward with my life really becoming successful you know if i'm going to be successful i'm I'm gonna have to spend time with that success and not spend time with playing video games you know let's say if i don't have nothing to do then of course i put time in the video games but yet i don't want to put like almost 100 or at least 50 percent or at least 100 percent into things that are not going to help me be successful so it's always best that i tell these kids to train so they're prepared and yet they'll they'll understand that more if they don't move forward all right so number three he talks about the person considered a different attack or mod- and modified staccata to meet that attack so look at it this way with this change you typically have those no know-it-alls. You basically have those know-it-alls thinking that they have figured out the whole concept of the kata or the technique, the bunkai, and feel it's irrelevant, so they change it. You know, if I had a student like that, you know, one, I mean, I don't test them, and two, I ask them, do you want to leave? I mean, do, do you do you like doing this style? You know, I'm not going to have a student that really going to contradict everything that I was taught. You know, I don't question what what the, the, the creator of the style. I don't I don't question the style. You know, I just do what it is. What's asked, you know, if I want to create my own kata for competition purpose, that's that's fine. But when it comes to fighting like going to the guidelines of what's on your test. I mean, you got to go by that guideline, not by what you want, because you feel like it's irrelevant. You know, that's just the type of person that, you know, you got feels like they know the whole concept, but yet they they just do it out of ignorant ignorance. And it just bothers me. You know, you just got those people that feel like they know better than 
than everybody else. But yet, you know, they don't own the school. They don't. They're they're not an instructor. So basically, if they can't follow those guidelines of the school, then you know, pick another style. I'm sorry, but you know, I mean, I'm not gonna question somebody. You know, the one thing you learn in martial arts or in life: keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut. Do not talk. All right. So that's just. You know, this bothers me with people that think they know more than <clears throat> than everybody else, especially students. All right. So four. So he goes over the next one. The person develops a new underlining philosophy and modifies the forms to coincide the coincide with it. So pretty much this one fits with the style that I um go in, the Chuck Norris system. You know, here is you got traditional martial arts style versus a hybrid style. So yet the Chuck Norris system definitely um derives from the American Tung Sudo. So definitely the thing the cut the moves and the um the cut or should I say the katas that you see from Tanks you do will be similar to the Chuck Norris system. Like, if you see like the a basic kata from Tanks you do, and you compare it to our basic kata, which is um, base we call it Gichu Hayang Ilbu. So, and then of course you'll see how the modifications. Pretty much the same kata, but the moves get modified. So in this case, um, I can't say nothing bad about this um, change, this recent change, because, um, you know, you create your own style. You know, Bruce Lee did, this, did the same thing. You know, he pretty much tweaked um, Wing Chun and made it into Juku Do. Basically, he takes what he learns from his um, master f um, <clears throat> or the it man <clears throat> and convert it into his own style to make it more effective for everybody. You know, really. Everybody has their own type of fighting ability. And yet, <clears throat> this is what Bruce Lee <clears throat> has been, Bruce Lee does with his style. And you know, this has been going on for years. You know, you think about like, why, like where the martial arts truly started and then how it expand like out throughout the world. You know, you got Okinawa, <clears throat> Japan, um, uh, Korea, China, the U.S. You no, know, during war, during these wars, you know, change. You know, these um, during these wars, it changed thing different styles. You know, really, you got certain style from Okinawa, and it goes all the way to Japan, and then Japan creates their own type of martial arts, and then of course you go, you got people that um fought with Korea well you've got the Japanese that fought with Korean and yet Koreans see the same thing and yet they <clears throat> take what they get from Japan and bring it to Korea and then create their own style it's like really you know the style looks the same but <clears throat> it could be quicker it could be slower it could be more solid so that's pretty much how Waikai's changed because you know if you don't <clears throat> like a certain thing it's um it gets converted into something that feels comfortable for you. All right, so number five, the person trying to change things just to place their stamp on future followers. 
usually have usually have that one or two black belts or students from a train from a train style and they start their own school training under the style train on that style and yet they keep the name but modified everything on a kata and then place a stamp on it like it belongs to them you know i think yeah i think i can tell a story i mean my master instructor um of course um like put his name on us like a school album out like three hours from here like in new york and um of course uh, he finds out that um that's the Christ school has been like doing techniques incorrectly. And yet um, it was yet an embarrassment to his um, brand. You know, he wanted to branch out, but it ended up being like a disaster because either the destruct instructor wasn't up to date with the changes or I don't know what, but um, it was a situation where, you know, you're, you're a black belt in a trained style but yet you modify things based on either you haven't trained enough to know how to do it properly or you you i don't know just you just do things the way you want to i mean that's just how it is you know but that's that he tells me that story all the time and then uh, of course uh yeah he let that school be its own school and then the reputation of his school is kept with himself. You know, that's the one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to ruin people's reputation. You know, don't ruin your own reputation as well. So really follow the guidelines. Really know the changes. You know, definitely my style of the Chuck Norris system definitely changes. Because really, we kind of bring in other styles <sighs> into the um, system. You know, we're starting to bring Krav Maga as well as um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, really trying to modify, at least not modify, not change anything, but just modify it so, you know, things are quick. You know, really, definitely, katas are going to be the same, none, none, nevertheless, but yet. Usually, katas are yet to give you an idea for, to make, design your own kata for competition or even for a future test. All right, so lastly, he talks about the, the sixth um, reason. Depending on the person's nature, that natural talents, handicap, vari variation of forms may have been done to meet their needs, physical and emotional. Okay, so now just as far as this kind of makes sense, because we know we have people either who has... Like one, either are in a wheelchair or they're either they have like surgery, like on like say they had surgery on their shoulder. We had a lot of people with um disabilities, but you know we kind of have to modify that due to um their nature. You know, roughly we have like a kid on a wheelchair. I mean, but yeah, he can't do much because of his condition. But you know, we kind of have to modify that to to his needs so i mean i don't think it's fair to tell uh somebody that's like in a wheelchair that's handicapped to, um that they can't do perfect karate because of how they are but we have to at least modify it in a way to 
meet the meet how they are. So definitely, I'm not gonna front on this one because you know you know people still want to do things. Well, think about it, like all. One thing to think about is professional wrestling. How many people are in? I can think of a lot of people that are like have disabilities, but they still wrestle. No, think uh, Gregory Gregory Irons. Gregory Irons. He's like, uh, well, like I say, he don't have no feeling in his right arm, but he can wrestle. All right, because he can build himself into that. And then, of course, Zach Gowan, probably the one person that wrestles with one leg and really build himself into into like a great um, wrestler. I mean, so definitely never never look down at somebody that's have a disability or like a physical disability and handicap because you never know that person could be could be talented like he could be going to bigger great better bigger and greater things you know really you know and of course this um person in the wheelchair i know he likes to build things so that's a talent so really try to look at um these katas and see how you can modify it to um uh, a handicapped person's needs Right. All right. So those are the six reasons of like why katas change. You know, you can really debate on how these katas change. You can really debate on this. You know, there's no like agree or disagree. You no, know, people would agree with it or disagree with it. But yet, you know, that's the debate. You know, really, I don't want to be on any side of the debate you know i'm kind of in between you know yet there's some things i agree with there's some things i disagree with like i said there's some katas that i i'm not a fan of with because either it's too long or i don't understand the terminology you know some moves like one one of the um the katas that i pretty much dislike is gian you know i guess they're required when you do the salutation you have to get down on your knees and a lot of people have knee problems including me i can't get down on my knees so that's the one kind of you know it's really rough on my knees so of course good thing they took it out oh my last black belt test so i don't have didn't have to do it but nevertheless that's a kind of that's really really um got me um really that i'm not a fan with okay so those are the six reasons of why Kai's changed so i'm happy to really get to read um jesse Incap's um blogs and really i plan to bring some more blogs you know he has a lot of blogs in his website so really check out his website it's like he's known as the cry nerd he's really knowledgeable of what true martial arts is you know it would be nice if i actually had a guest had him as a guest on my show because I know, but pretty much, you know, when you got somebody that's really world-renowned and famous, likely you're not going to get an interview with him. But, you know, I'd rather interview people that are really are making an impact in martial arts, you know, even if they're not famous. But, you know, yeah, I know I interviewed a couple people from my style. And yet I plan on at least getting a lot of people on my show when I go to Vegas in four weeks. I want to at least know like their journey you know i want to at least get them them out there you know it'd be nice if i actually had an interview with um 
know Chuck Norris or Grandmaster Norris to really get his um, side of the story. You know, people really exaggerate his, um, you know, that's why they came up with um, fun facts of Chuck Norris. And, you know, really, I think still got that book, by the way. Uh, like, really, the, the 101 facts of Chuck Norris, or at least this is a fun facts or just fictional facts. All right. Okay, so that concludes my episode of the Kick Pod. Make sure you tune in to my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kick Pod Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, by you out. gotta call this thing tighten up come here all right guys here's the situation two minutes left zero timeouts down by a touchdown we gotta drive 75 yards all right we could do this thing i believe in each and every one of you but real quick did you guys know that the two-point conversation podcast runs five days a week monday through friday with various co-hosts and different themes every day and then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.